All right, welcome back to another episode of the non-podcast podcast. You did it. I did it, right? Daniel, and this is Britton, and um, again, this is only our second episode, and we thought maybe there was going to be a one and done, but we kept talking after our, our first podcast episode, talking about what it's mean to love one another, and having the willingness to love one another. We started talking about bearing with one another, and thought, well, we, we better turn the microphones back on. Uh, but at this rate, we better be careful. This might become a regular deal with all kinds of the expectation and pressures of being podcast hosts if we're not careful. So again, no guarantees. This might be two and done after this, but we just had some thoughts we wanted to share and encourage you with today about bearing with one another. There's like 59 one another's in the in the Bible. Jesus talks about all these one another's and um, not just Jesus, but throughout the New Testament, these one another's and one of them is to bear with one another. It says in Colossians chapter three, then uh, let's start in verse 12, put on then as God's um, chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And he goes on to talk about putting on, on love, but that idea of bearing with one another. So Daniel, for you, how do you define bearing with one another? What, what does that mean for you? Uh, I would say that to bear with somebody is in, in a crass way of putting it to just put up with them. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that's got negative connotations and I think we need to steer clear of those negative ones because it, it's a command of scripture, you know, Paul's telling churches to do it. So it's not negative. It's actually moving towards loving, which is in that passage from Colossians. He says above all these things put on love. And, and so if, in a way, Bearing with one another is a tributary stream into the stream, the larger river of loving one another. And and to put up with somebody means to uh, be living your life in proximity to somebody else's life. And they think, speak, or do in a way that probably just irritates me or uh, that, I, that I notice and when I notice it, I have the opportunity to either allow distance to form between the two of us and to get irritated and to um, be stirred up with anger or frustration and, and just stop talking to somebody or stop hanging out with them uh, or, or really just like check out of a relationship. So I have that opportunity or I have the opportunity to bear with them. And that, that looks and lives all, all kinds of different ways, but it's a moving towards somebody an act of moving towards somebody and it's very active even though sometimes it seems quite passive mm. you know what's interesting I, I think about that moving towards them um sometimes i i do that but in an argumentative way right so i i i you say something or have a different point of view i'm like oh that's wrong so my personality is oh i'll, I'll move towards you all right but i'm going to move towards you and telling you why you're wrong and why my perspective's wrong but i've been realizing this lately with this idea of bearing with one another is that oftentimes um, when you have a different perspective or a different way of looking at it, part of bearing with it isn't saying, are you right or wrong? But how do I at least understand where you're coming from? Yeah, yeah. E even identifying with, how did, how did you come to understand it that way? Uh, even asking sometimes, like, hey, help me understand how you, how you got to that conclusion. Help me understand your perspective on that. Tell me more about that rather than you say something, I'm going to immediately jump down your throat, be like, wrong, 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 right? And this has been the most divided time I can ever remember in my lifetime where we're fighting about everything. I mean, 
even like what kind of ice cream you should eat. It feels like that that's a cause for fighting right now. But it's about masks or no masks and how to handle the, the coronavirus or not handle. Is it what's our rights? We wear a mask. What should we do? Should we stand up for I mean, all these things? Politics, how to function as the church, what the church should look like. Should the churches stay open? Should they not stay open? Like all these things that are uh, ripe to cause contention. And I just realize we have no grace for each other. And so if someone shares something that's different than our perspective. We're so quick to be like, you're wrong because, of you know, and immediately assume that they're an idiot, that they don't have science on their side, assume that they're stupid, they hate people, they're uh, uninformed, whatever. The, right? We assume what the motive is rather than assuming if it's a brother and sister in Christ, I'm a, I want to assume that they love God and I'm going to assume that they love other people. So, Hey man, help me understand where you're where you're coming from. I love this. that. I love that perspective, just because it, it shows that you're you're not going to ret- like take the offensive in a relationship with somebody, but you're actually seeking to understand somebody else's point of view, which I think is a really interesting like facet of bearing with somebody that I hadn't thought of before. That's very helpful. Again, I think our biggest challenge though is we see a perspective as right or wrong. Right. Right. We say. Well, that's your perspective. This is my perspective. And what if what if they're both right? They're just a different view of seeing the same thing. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's wrong. If it goes against Scripture, like, okay, that's wrong. Um, but oftentimes, someone's perspective doesn't go against Scripture. They're just leaning on other Scriptures than what you lean on. And the thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately is where it says so much in Scripture about being different parts of the body of Christ, right? Some people are the ear, others are the nose, the toe, or the spleen, and those things. And typically, I've, I've thought about that in terms of gifts. And I, and I think that's a lot of the context, especially like in Romans 12, right? The different giftings. But I, I wonder lately is, what if we play different parts of the body in the perspectives that we bring about the different aspects of Scripture that we're leaning on to see a situation or see an issue? And therefore, by coming together and understanding, we actually get a fuller picture on how to respond to something, a fuller picture on the character of God in something, a fuller, uh, fuller, more creative response to thing rather than just always black or white, A or B. What if by coming together, it's like, well, I didn't didn't think about that perspective. Oh, that's that's interesting. And sometimes it makes it more complicated where it prevents us from just thinking we're so smart and wise and go, man, Lord, mm-hmm. your spirit's going to have to give us wisdom on this one because mm-hmm. this is really complicated. Mm-hmm. Praise God, he, he gives wisdom when we ask him. Mm-hmm. But that's been really helpful for me when I'm approaching a conversation with someone. I, I disagree with the perspective. It's not what I would choose. But then it helps me not approach them as the enemy. They're not the enemy, right? They're brother and sister. They're not the enemy. So it's saying, okay. Help me understand. That one question alone has been so helpful for me over the past few months. Mm-hmm. Help me understand X, Y, or Z. Help That's me good. understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I'd love to hear your thought process. And again, I mean, I agree with them at the end of the day, but it helps me understand the heart and the motive behind where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. I find you, you know, you talking about perspectives about God and about Scripture as being a really tender place in many of our lives because those thoughts are thoughts that we— are, are banking on, you know, we're living out of those thoughts. And so when somebody else's thoughts about who he is or about the way that the world works or how the scriptures speak into our world rubs up against mine, it can be very per- a very personal thing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in a prayer meeting, I had a word that the Lord gave me about unity mm. and it was, it, it goes as follows. During any group activity, whether that's study, prayer, conversation, if, if somebody says or prays something that irks or alerts us, 
go to them and inquire for explanation. Open up dialogue, seek to understand and clarify, which is what you're saying, Britain. Make peace between one another. This, in contrast to growing a hesitancy around the other, a suspicion that they're an enemy or outside the family, that they don't have God's interests in mind. These are tender and important spaces because they are the intermingling of my thoughts about God and your thoughts about God. And according to a dead old guy named A.W. Tozer, I think he's dead, these are the most important thoughts that we have. So how much more necessary is it for us to dialogue about the irksome or concerning comment that someone makes? Because these are the things that rub up against us, uh, against the most central part of who we are. So I think that this context of talking about God things is one of the chief areas that we as a family, as a Christian community, can continue to grow in bearing with one another and in listening and in learning to understand. That's great. You know, I think one of the things with this, too, is the importance of taking the step towards the other is what you're saying. But I don't know that that means like everything that irks you every time, right, that you have to have the conversation. Because sometimes for some of us, we'd be having like 40 conversations a day. Yeah. And obviously, if it's a sin issue, we need to have a conversation. But sometimes I wonder if we just even take more time to just be quicker to listen, slower to speak, slower yeah. to become angry. Just yeah. saying, I, w- I want to sit on this for a while. Yep. And I just need to let this one uh, roll off my back here yep. a little bit. I need to just chill out and not be offended. So that I, when I do come to them, I can actually come from a position of true inquiring. Yes. Not to check it off my list of like I'm told I'm supposed to go ask yes. how they got the perspective. Yes. But I still think they're an idiot. But to go, I really want to know. I yep. really want to understand. So sometimes I think that's what it is for me of just saying, Maybe I just need to I just need to sit on this one for a while and let my heart kind of cool off a yeah, little bit before yeah. I have the conversation. Yeah, and in those times when we're addressing sin in something, uh, sin in someone, or you know something that is like irritating or harmful to the community in a way, um, when we address that, we shouldn't expect that person to immediately course correct. You know, and and I think that's part of what bearing with one another is is it's taking that active step towards somebody. You know, especially as you're saying after. We've kind of given ourselves a chance to understand and and approach them well. But then once we've confronted them on something or had a dialogue, then being committed to the journey of God sanctifying that person as he sanctifies me. Man, isn't that the truth in all kinds of relationships and even marriages, right? It's like uh, something gets pointed out to you. You start making corrections, but sometimes you've had like years of doing it differently, years of approaching it differently. I mean, right. How many times even my wife and I got married, this is maybe a silly example, but like, uh, let's just say my standard of cleanliness was a lot different than my wife's standard of cleanliness. And she asked me for some very practical things. I'm like, okay, that rag that you just wiped up the floor with, um, probably isn't the one to wipe the dishes with. That's disgusting. Um, but it took me a little while to grow into a new habit. And she was gracious. She bore with me in that as long as it, right, we're moving forward. And I, I didn't do it as often. I would mm-hmm. forget sometimes. But over time, then I, I, it's a new habit that I gained. Okay, that's a silly example. But how many examples of that? It's like, well, I, I pointed out to you, well, you, you screwed up again. I'm done with you. Well, that's not, that's not bearing with one another. Bearing with one another is walking together in grace and humility towards greater Christ-likeness. And sometimes you're going to screw up again by saying, no, all right, let's let's get back on track here. Let's keep walking in greater holiness and righteousness as we bear with one another. So, Danny, what, what encouragement would you have for people today as they're saying, okay, how do I grow in bearing with one another? My encouragement would be we have an enemy who wants to destroy your relationships with those in your life. 
and we have an enemy who wants to make the smallest things the biggest things and drive wedges in your fellowship and communion with others who God's called you to loving relationship with. And so the encouragement is simply know that there's an opponent at play and that that opponent hates Christ more than he hates you. And he gets at Christ through getting to you and to your relationships with other people. And acknowledging the, the, the war that's happening in that, I think um, I would encourage you just to continue to contend for those relationships, knowing that the spirit who is in you is greater than the enemy who wants to tear you to shreds. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a total encouragement, but I think that the, just the awareness of, of the spiritual battle at play is is a really huge source of encouragement for me in this. Well, you know, Daniel, it makes me think of the words of Ephesians. I think it's right on. I think one of the ways we bear with one another is we stop seeing the brothers and sisters as our enemies. They are not the enemies. Satan is the enemy. And what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Right? And it goes on from there, just saying, the brothers and sisters, that's not who we battle against. They're not enemies. The demonic realm is. So make sure we're battling the right things and the right people um, as we bear with one another. So thanks for joining us today. We pray this would be an encouragement to you. And um, maybe there'll be another episode or two. Blessings. <laughs>